You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, we're going to read here about the shepherds in the Christmas story. And, um, you know, with starting a, a new family, we've got Michael, who's two, and Emma, who's uh, going to be six months old this month uh, on the 30th. Um, I'd, I'd like to, as a family, just read the Christmas story on Christmas Day. And, and obviously we know that Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2, those are the passages of the Christmas story. And uh, I'd like to look at that uh, tonight in a, a specific part. We're looking at the shepherds. It says in verse number 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told. Unto them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that in this moment, Lord, in this time that we have to open your word and to glean from your word tonight, I pray that our hearts would be open, that they'd be prepared to listen. And God, may you speak to us tonight and may we be obedient to whatever you speak to us about tonight, Lord. And I pray that you'd help me to step aside of myself and let you lead. And God, that I say the things that you'd have me to say tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Christmas time. It's here, and I, I, I don't know about you, but Christmas is, is the, the favorite time of year for me. And I asked the teens this morning in teen class, when you think of that word Christmas, what do you think of? And uh, we had the, the first one was uh, Jesus, and that was Nathan Anderton, the, the spiritual one of our youth group. Jesus, when he thinks of Christmas, and we do. I think of a lot of things. I think of caroling. I think of family. I think of opening gifts and giving gifts. I one of the, the favorite parts about Christmas to me growing up in Illinois was white Christmases and having snow on the ground. And uh, I don't know if this is wrong of me to pray this way, but I, I, I pray that the Lord will give us snow, at least a little bit for Christmas. Anybody else in agreement with that? Okay, good. So we can have a white Christmas here in North Carolina. I know they come and they go, and some years you get a lot of snow, and some years we don't get any. Uh, but I'm praying maybe just for a little bit there on Christmas that we'd see some snow. And, uh, you know, I, I just have that perfect scene in my mind of sitting together in that living room with your family 
and having that, that fireplace going, whether that's on your TV screen or an actual fireplace, and, and looking outside that picture window and seeing the snow coming down and cut, uh, coating everything. And Christmas is such a wonderful time of year. And uh, when we look at the Christmas story, I see these shepherds, and, and really the shepherds give us a lot that we can apply to our own lives and, and how they responded to the message of God that was given to them. And so I'd like, if you'd bear with me tonight, I'd like to look into the story of the shepherds. And I'd like to take some uh, points out of, out of what they experienced and, and out of what they did and how they reacted and apply it to our lives tonight. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one is they worked. All these points start with the W. They worked. Says there in verse 8, and they were... There were, the, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know, maybe it's a little minuscule detail, but I think it's worth mentioning that these shepherds, they were doing their job. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. When the angel of the Lord came, they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They had responsibilities to fulfill, and they did it. Now, in that business of shepherding, I have no experience. But I do know that the welfare of the sheep, and if you have sheep and, and if you lose one, I mean, you're not just losing a sheep, you're losing your income. And that's, that's their livelihood. And so even at nighttime, they had to keep watch over their flocks by night to, to keep their sheep safe, make sure that none wandered off. So if you wanted to have a job that you could show up for work and just kind of do whatever you wanted to do and and, you know, appear that, that you're working and then go at home at the end of the day, well, you wouldn't be a very good shepherd, okay? Because a shepherd required some hard, diligent work. It required somebody who was watchful and someone who would take care of the sheep and love the sheep and, and uh, provide for their needs. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4, the Bible says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. In Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Just a few verses there about working. And I'm thankful that, that as we look at the shepherds, I think maybe it's a small detail. It's just one part of one verse. But it's worth mentioning that they worked and they were doing their job and they were faithful in the job that they had. Number two, we look at verse 9, and the Bible says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Number two, I see that they worried. They worried. When we look at this verse, that, that two-letter word there, lo, literally means to look. Or as my son Michael says, yuck. It means to look, behold, something, something's happening to get your attention. It's excitedly to, to draw your attention to something. And no doubt, just bear with me in our imaginations tonight. Can, can you picture the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night? Maybe it was a starry night. I know at nighttime it's dark, so I know it was, it was probably a dark night. And they were watching their flocks. I don't know what time of the night it was. Maybe it was midnight or early morning hours. But no doubt they were there. It was probably very silent, and all you could hear was, was uh, the, the sheep buying or whatever you... What, what do sheep do? They baa, right? And uh, 
They don't nay. What's that proper word for it? Bah. And as the shepherds were there in, 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 that, in that plain there watching their sheep, suddenly, immediately, lo, the angel of the Lord appeared. And I don't know about you, but if I'm just, I found my comfortable position and I'm just relaxing there and watching the sheep there on that countryside and something immediately happened like an angel appearing out of nowhere and the Bible says, lo, look, this happened immediately and suddenly, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty scared, just like the shepherds. And it was a natural reaction for the shepherds to be worried, like, what in the world is going on? Such a nice, peaceful night, and boom, there it is. It's kind of like when, when you're, you know, waking up in the morning, and, and before the sun comes up, and you turn the lights on in your room, and immediately it's like your eyes, you know, <laughs> bug out because it's so bright in there, you're not used to all that light. I imagine something like that even happened because there, there was a bright light that, that, that shone as the angel appeared. Maybe it was something that, that, that we can relate to as if you're driving in a car. And for this instance, Brother Dan and I, for some reason, were in the car together. And uh, we were driving home. I was driving. And uh, I, I forget the, the circumstances. I forget what we were coming back from. But... Uh, I was getting a little bit tired at the wheel. I, I was, not, not dangerously tired, like I was going to swerve off the road and cause our deaths or anything. <laughs> but as I'm minding my own business and trying to keep my eyes open and watch the road, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in this, we weren't talking, we weren't having a, communication, a, a, a conversation at the time, and out of nowhere, Dan gets the bright idea to say, Nathan! Now, if we didn't get in a wreck prior to that, I'm, I'm thankful that that point right there, we didn't get in a wreck, because I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, and, and maybe your wife or your husband wake up, and they, they don't know where they're at, and so they just scream because they need to, and, uh, you know, at the driver. That, it scares you. It sends your heart rate through the roof, and I'm thankful I didn't have a heart attack that night, and we both died and went into a ditch, but yet I can relate, maybe, to the shepherds there. And getting a little bit frightened with the appearance of this angel. And as we look at that verse, and no doubt it, it, was, it was a natural reaction. The shepherds naturally reacted to something that happened out of nowhere. The angel came, and, and uh, we look at this angel of the Lord, and probably, probably it was Gabriel. Because earlier in Luke chapter 1 and verse 19, Gabriel by name appeared to uh, Zacharias the father of John the Baptist. And then later on, in verse 26 of Luke 1, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary with the good news that she would conceive the Son of God. And so this angel Gabriel, we're assuming it was him, there in Luke chapter 2 appears to the shepherds. And the words that Gabriel says, the first two words that he said was, Fear not. Aren't you glad when something happens in your life and maybe it does happen suddenly? Maybe it's not the angel Gabriel appearing and the heavenly host suddenly appearing out of nowhere. But in our life, maybe something that hits you and, and you don't know it's coming. Maybe it's a trial in your life. Maybe there's a financial need that comes. But I'm so glad that in those very moments that God can whisper those very words to us. Fear not. If you have a financial need, could I encourage you that God is saying, fear not? If you're having family issues, fear not. 
If you feel like you're alone, fear not. If you lost a job, fear not. If you have a loved one who is sick and in the hospital, fear not. If you're going through a storm, a trial in your life, and you don't know what's ahead of you, could I encourage you that God is saying, fear not. In fact, the angel told Zacharias, and he told Mary the same thing, to fear not. In Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the angel says, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. You see, Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't have children, and the angel came to Zacharias and said, Hey, you're going to have a son, and it's going to be John the Baptist. We have in Luke chapter 1, and verse 30, the angel tells Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And the angel says, Fear not to the shepherds, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to, to all people. Would you turn with me? Keep your, uh, your hand there in, in Luke chapter 2, but turn back to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 in, in verse 21. The Bible says, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt, uh, shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy, thy sleep shall be sweet. Verse 25, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Fear not. The angel said, and we can say tonight that we don't have to fear what man can do unto us. Whatever trials come in our life, God is saying to you, fear not, I'm with you. I will not forsake you. Not only did they work, but number two, we, we see that they worried. And number three, in verse 15, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with, what? Haste, and found Mary and Joseph in the babe lying in a manger. Number three tonight, they wasted no time. They wasted no time. After receiving this incredible news from the angels, they, they didn't just continue on working and forget about what had happened. I mean, can you imagine if the shepherds, after all, all they saw that night and the angel appearing out of nowhere and then the, the multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then after that whole thing, and as the angel is telling them to go find Jesus, the Savior they say, wow, that, oh, 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 that was awesome. Now, where were we? Let's get back to work, fellas. That's not the case. Not at all. When, when they heard the message, and, and literally the message from God was, go and find the babe, and this will be a sign unto you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The shepherds not only obeyed, but they obeyed immediately. They went they wasted no time. If God speaks to you, and when God speaks to you, could I encourage you to acknowledge God speaking to you and act on it. Don't delay. Don't disobey. If you put the Holy Spirit off long enough and His prompting in your life, 
The sad thing about it is he may stop knocking. Whatever it is, maybe, maybe it is for salvation. Maybe it is that you don't know for sure heaven's your home and the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart tonight and saying, you need to get saved. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. Don't put it off. Obey immediately with haste. Could I say if, if God is calling you to service and wants you to serve in a specific area for Him, don't put it off. If God wants you to go out soul winning, which I can say He does, then don't put it off and be a witness wherever you go. When I think about delayed obedience, obviously we know from the children's song that to delay is to disobey. And so don't delay and don't disobey God and what he has told you to do in your life. I know my son Michael, he's not perfect by any stretch of the, uh, the means there, but when we ask him to do something and he has a mind to do something else or wants to do contrary to what we ask him to do, what he'll do is he'll just kind of stop what he's doing He'll just kind of stand there. He won't look at us. But just stand there. Michael, please do this. You know what that is? It's delayed obedience. It's disobedience. And obviously, I'm sure Michael's not the only one to have that issue. But uh, th that's the same way that God looks at us. And when, as his children and God wants you to do something and he tells you specifically, I want you to do this. And we kind of drag our feet, kind of pretend that God didn't speak to us. We try to ignore him. It's dangerous because that's delayed obedience. That's disobedience. And the shepherds here, when they got that message from God, they obeyed and they went immediately let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see what God is doing there. They came with haste. Number four tonight, in verse 17, the Bible says, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Number four, very obviously, they witnessed. They told everybody about it. They saw Jesus there, and it was exactly like God had told them. Man, there's the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. There's the Savior. There's the Messiah, the Christ child, the God-man. It's right there. There he is. And once they saw it, they, they couldn't contain it. They had to go out and tell everybody what they had just saw. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when you came to Jesus and Jesus saved you? Do you remember that, that desire to tell everybody about it? I remember those pictures Forgive me for, for seeing that. Actually, don't forgive me. Forgive those who gave it to whoever put those on the projector screens. But I remember back in, in 2005 when I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I, I had that overwhelming feeling of I just need to tell somebody. I just need to tell somebody. I just need to go to my family and tell them what had happened because I was so excited about it. They witnessed these shepherds went out and told everybody. They couldn't wait to go out and spread the word that Jesus the Christ was born. Could you imagine with me if, this is not reality, but if Food Lion, just right up here, today, all day long, they were giving away $100 gift cards to Food Lion, and they had an unlimited supply, and you could come and pick it up, and, and it's yours, no strings attached. I tell you what, if you found that out, you'd be telling people, wouldn't you? You'd be going out and saying, hey, Food Lion is giving away $100 gift cards, and there's an unlimited supply. Go get you one. 
But you know, the same thing is true, and even more so that Jesus Christ, he's, he saved 2,000 years ago. He's still saving today. Salvation is for anyone who uh, receives it. That hope of heaven, that home of heaven is for anyone who receives it, eternal life. And that is up to us as Christians to be excited about it and to tell everybody about it. Hey, Jesus saves. Jesus can give eternal life. You don't have to worry about having a hopeless life. You don't have to worry about whatever condition your life is in now. If you trust Christ, then you can obtain eternal life. And we can tell everybody about it. Can you imagine the excitement that the shepherds had when they saw Jesus there lying in the manger and Mary and Joseph? And yet that was the opportunity that they could go out and tell everybody, hey, it's true what God said, what he prophesied about. This is it. This is the Christ. This is the Savior of the world. This is salvation coming to, to play here. This is redemption. And they were excited to witness. We look at the maniac of, of Gadara in Luke chapter 8 and verse 39. It says there, Jesus says to, to that maniac who was, uh, the, had the devil's uh, legion cast out of him, Jesus says, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. We look at the woman at the well in John 4. The Bible says that the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. They witnessed. When, when they experienced a healing, when they experienced salvation from Jesus Christ himself, they went out and told everybody. And could we as Christians be faithful to go out and to tell everybody that Jesus saves? That's the real meaning of Christmas. Number five. We see here in verse 18, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Others wondered. Point number five, others wondered. Wonder means something that arrests the attention by its novelty, grandeur, or inexplicableness. The news of Jesus Christ's birth brought excitement to those that heard. When Jesus got older there and he started his earthly ministry, literally every city, almost every city that he went to were excited that he would come. And they were excited to see how he would heal and how he would change lives and how he would save and offer forgiveness of sins. There was excitement that came with that. And everybody who heard and everybody who saw wondered, wow, this is the Son of God. In Acts chapter 3, we, we have the account there of, of that lame man who would lay at the gate beautiful. And, and as uh, Peter walked by, he, he spake in Jesus' name, and that man got strength in his ankle bones, and, and he stood up, and, and he who was lame for his whole life was leaping and praising God. And it says there in verse 10 of Acts chapter 3, And they knew that it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Truly, God's gift to man is so incredible. It's incomprehensive. 
And I wonder tonight that as Jesus has touched us and as Jesus has become our Savior, are people looking at you and, and, and are they filled with wonder? Man, man, something's different about him. Something's different about her. I, I, I know her. I, I knew him. But they're not like that anymore. Man, something, something incredible happened in their life. Something inexplicable. Something wonderful happened. And for us, as our testimony, do people wonder and say, wow, God has sure been good to you. God has done something in your life that required a miracle. There's a song, it's entitled, I've Never Lost the Wonder of It All. The first verse says, Once so aimlessly I wandered round the tangled paths of sin. All about me seemed so hopeless. All uh, doubts and fears without within. Then a voice so kind and gentle spoke sweet peace unto my soul. Gone my days of sin and wandering since the Savior made me whole. I have never lost the wonder of it all. I have never lost the wonder of it all. Since the day that Jesus saved me, all and a whole new life he gave me, I have never lost the wonder of it all. Now my life is full of gladness. All my days are filled with joy. I no longer walk in sadness. Happy songs my lips employ. For I've learned the wondrous secret only those in Christ can know. Tis the peace of sins forgiven. Joy that makes my glad heart glow. I've never lost the wonder of it all. Have you ever lost that wonder? And I hope as, as we as children of God... If you trust Christ as your Savior, let us never lose the wonder of it all. As the song we sang tonight, I love to tell this story. My last point is this, and we'll be done. In verse number 20, the Bible says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Last point is they worshipped. They worshiped. Knowing who God is and what He's done for you and for me, you just can't help but praise Him for it. You know, we recently celebrated Thanksgiving. And as we look back and see and count all our blessings and see what God hath done, as I think personally of how God saved me, and I'm, I'm so thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful for my wife and for my children. And I'm thankful for a home that God has provided for me. I'm thankful for the ministry, my job that God has given to me. And as I look at all that, man, God has been so good. And I see that, and, and what I see is God's mercy. I see God's grace and God's provision. I see God's goodness in my life. I think all of us can testify that God has been good. I was visiting a, a lady in our church who's a shut-in and talking with her, and I think uh, Mark Bybee was with me that day, and she was explaining how God had been so good to her, and how she had had cancer, and it's, it's gone now, and, and God's really, really blessed her life, and, and even through the trials and the storms, and she's had many, God has, has, has seen fit to, to, to really bless her and, and, and allow her to see that cancer gone. And the statement that she made to me was, God is too good. God is too good. I know of anybody, I, I don't deserve God's blessing on my life. 
I, I don't deserve God's grace and his mercy. I don't deserve the provision of him meeting all my needs. I know what I deserve. But truly, God, he is, he's too good. God is too good to us. Psalm 73, verse 1 says, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. The last thing I'd like to bring to your attention tonight, and we'll be done in conclusion. <laughs> in verse number 20 there, I'd, I'd like to read that verse one more time, and I'd like to draw your attention there to that last, that last phrase. The Bible says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told them. Think about that phrase for a moment. The angel came to the shepherds, told them that Jesus the Savior was born, and that they should go and see it for themselves. And when they went and saw Joseph and Mary and the babe, they're lying in the manger. They kind of hold their excitement. They went out and witnessed to everybody, and people wondered at it. And they worship God, and they're worshiping and praising God because it was exactly how it was told them. And could I encourage you tonight that what God says in His Word, He means exactly every single word of it to be true. I'm so thankful that what God says, He will do. What God says, the promises that He makes in this Word, He will fulfill. He'll be faithful to you. He'll meet your needs, and He'll bless you in your life if you just follow His Word. Because it's exactly as it says here in the Bible. We can trust God's word as truth. We can trust God's word as infallible. That means it's incapable of being wrong. It's never failing. We can trust God's word as being inerrant. It's without error. It's perfect. It's the perfect word of God. And we can trust God and say, hey, whatever God says, it's exactly how it's going to be. Because God is truth and his word is truth. And I'm thankful tonight that we have a rock that we can lean on. We have a rock that we can build on, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the Word of God. Tonight, we can learn a lot about the shepherds. We can learn a lot from them. But I think the most important lesson to apply to our hearts tonight is their response to God's message. How did the shepherds respond to God's message that the angel brought that night? Well, they, they didn't waste any time. They witnessed and told others about it. They wondered, and they worshiped God. Could I ask you tonight, how will you respond to what God has spoken to you about tonight? However the Holy Spirit is leading in your life, would you just obey? And would you obey immediately? Don't put it off. Trust God. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.